TheOAMNetwork.com. Power to the podcast. Welcome to the episode of Sports 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 Queued Up. I am Quinn Bailey. It's brought to you by Side Street Grill on the OAM Network. I'm joined by the chef of Sports Talk, CJ. What's up, my man? Conspicuous by your absence last week as you were locked out the building. Yeah, thanks for not locking me out, man. Hey, I man. appreciate it, dude. I tried to get you this time, but you showed up on time. So here we go. <laughs> uh, last night, Game 7, Finals. Uh, Cleveland comes back in 3-1. Last week when I was on the air, uh, Golden State had just went up 3-1 going into Game 5 where Draymond Green was suspended. And I thought that Cleveland would take that game, mm-hmm. and uh, they did. And slapping LeBron James in the nuts apparently is the worst thing you can do. Yeah, they should just do that early next season and do it every fifteen games or so, you know, <laughs> just to keep him in check to remind him that he has them. But uh, nut check. It angered him into a, a way of in the last week. Um, he went from being a guy that was just too passive and everything. He mm-hmm. got angry. He was ready to fight. He took a cheap shot on Steph Curry um, in that in the game that he got hit in the groin. Right. At the end of that game where they got blown out. Um, uncharacteristic, both of those fighting, cheap shots. And then he goes on in, in consecutive games, scores 41 in both games, mm-hmm. while grabbing 24 rebounds and 18 assists over those two games. Right. So that's – Pretty badass, right? Yeah, nearly triple double, and uh, and aggressive. Mm-hmm. Like the he wasn't even looking to pass. Now, game seven, however, I was kind of harsh because I was saying he's being too passive. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not looking for his shot, and but it worked out. Now, in the first half of the game, it really looked like because Golden State hit, I think, eleven threes in the first half. Yeah, it was ten or eleven. Yeah, yeah, it was double digits. Definitely and, double digits. Um, and Cleveland had one, I think. If that, I don't yeah. even think they had a three. Yeah, first three they hit was Shumpert's four point play. Damn, and, and, uh, that was their first three. But uh, I think that was the second half. So, but it was the second. But half. they hit all them threes, and I'm I'm saying, you know, I'm talking to Big Ken on Facebook, and I'm saying, if uh, if Golden, if Cleveland's not going to knock down shots, if LeBron's not going to look for his own shot, and Golden State's going to continue to shoot at a high percentage, wide open threes. Like Draymond Green was five for five in the first half. Unguarded, like yeah, he, you could tell they were kind of focusing on Curry and, and Thompson. Thompson, yeah. yeah. Uh, Barnes <laughs> couldn't hit the side of a barn the whole series. Yeah, Barnes has had a rough series for sure, and which just, I'm kind of happy about. Yeah, it, it'll drive lower, that pat it, price down a little. Yeah, bit. Yeah, just a little bit. Uh, but so goes into the second half, and J.R. Smith gets a little bit going. Right, Shumpert hits the four point play. Uh, Kyrie was. Kyrie was balling through the whole playoffs. Yeah, he had a great series. Yeah, um, I have I have like a new because I was always harsh on him and Tristan Thompson, mm-hmm. different level players, but I was harsh on both of them, and they both did their thing. And Kevin Love played well. I thought he hit the re- boards, and his defense on Curry at the end of the game was. Yeah, you could tell he knew Curry wanted to shoot the three, and yeah. he just kind of yeah. yeah we were both saying hip, that hip pocket. Yeah, yeah, like you, you can drive if you want to, really. Yeah, you know, right. Go, you go can ahead. have it. Yeah. But uh, it was good defense, but so Cleveland closed the gap, went on a run, took the lead, and it was really going into this game, it was the first time ever in any in any series going into a game seven, no matter what the round, that both teams had the same amount of points. It was 6-10 to 6-10 coming into game seven. Right. Uh, and all the games were double-digit uh, finals 
So mm-hmm. it's it's crazy how Game Seven played out to be such a great game because it's, it's the best thing I've ever seen. It's right? probably the best series I've seen because I can't think of one better. You know, well I'm talking about in all sports, like I've ever seen in any type of playoff scenario. Mm-hmm. Because man, it's hard to compare to football because it's not a series. Playoff, yeah, but um, but the fact that you were down three to one, mm-hmm. or one three, whoever you, you know perspective you're coming from but you're down and that's never been came, that's never been done in the finals come back and do that mm-hmm. no one's even ever came back and forced a game seven in the finals uh in our lifetime uh, if i read this correctly uh five finals game sevens is all we've had in our lifetime um i was born in 80 so it's 36 years mm-hmm. of there was one game seven in the 90s that was houston in new york uh, there was one in the eighties. It was the Lakers and Celtics, and there's been three in the last ten years: Detroit, San Antonio, uh, San Antonio, Miami, and then Cleveland and Golden State. So five in our lifetime. It was so rare, mm-hmm. which is why I waited to watch the pay per view last night. Because um, it was history. It was right. history for many reasons, mm-hmm. and LeBron was making history and. And he still hasn't showed up all his haters, but we're going to get on that in a little bit. So, so Golden State blows the lead. They blow the three to one lead. Uh, how much do you think the OK series, OKC series coming back three one themselves took out of Golden State? I mean, I do think it had an effect. I mean, who could imagine seeing Golden State lose three games in a row? Period. At any point, you know, much less three to the same team in a yeah. finals. You know. But I do think it had an effect. They looked banged up. Uh, Curry, you know, was banged up early in the playoffs. I think that kind of ran through. He seemed to be, you know, back to somewhat of himself, though, by by this point. So, yeah, I definitely think it had a, a, a pretty good effect on him, yeah. And it's funny that you bring up Curry being banged up because – it's chalk. Okay, so it's funny you bring up Curry being banged up because every time he doesn't play well, it's because he's hurt. Mm-hmm. When he's if he's in the first half and he's going seven of nine, you know, throwing up half court shots and hitting them and everything, Curry being Curry. By right. the second half, if they're not going in, then he's hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, I just uh, people always make excuses. Well, he was guy. clearly hurt in the playoffs. He was he missed games. I just think that there was a holdover. Maybe he came back a little bit sooner than he should. I don't know what to blame it on, but uh, I think as a whole, the team looked banged up. Iguodala looked banged up. I mean, Iguodala did look banged up. Uh, Bo gets out of the Bo game. Bo out. Yeah, so um, I mean, it was a banged up team. And you look at this team right here, uh, which is pretty much the same team from last season. Mm-hmm. They had the long run where they didn't. Nobody really missed any uh, significant amount of games, except, yeah. except for Bogut, who always does. Uh, and it's such a deep team too; they can always kind of well, we'll lean on this guy this game, and yeah. you know, let this guy have a break next game, you know. Yeah, somebody always steps up. Yep, definitely. Uh, whether it's Livingston or Barbosa, you just never know. Mm-hmm. And uh, But still, last season long, playoff run, championship, boom. You go into this season, they're trying to break the 72 wins. Mm-hmm. They do that so that, you know, nobody's missing, once again, any significant time. And they – go through the playoff runs now you're starting to get banged up and just the fatigue i think of the whole two seasons the playoff runs the championships uh not missing games mm-hmm. you know i think it all caught up with because you were starting to see as the playoffs continued that 
you always expect somebody from Golden State to to hit shots. If Curry and Thompson for some reason aren't going, which is very rare that both of them are not, right? Uh, you know, Livingston will hit some shots. Or Barnes, or Bobosa, like somebody, you said. Yeah, somebody. they always. Uh, most Spates will have a crazy game out of nowhere. It just, you know, it just seems like I they didn't understand not playing Spates. They didn't play him a lot. No. Big Ken brought up that Kerr was being outcoached by Tyrone Lou. I would say that Lou did an excellent job, but I wouldn't say he outcoached Kerr. Mm-hmm. I think his players outplayed the Warriors. I agree with that. I don't think Lou's a great coach. No. And I don't think he did anything of significance to give him a whole lot of credit. Well, here's one thing that I noticed. Instead of, like, he came into the series, and I, and I was harsh on him for this. Me too. We're going to run with Golden State. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we're going to beat him. But he adapted. Right. And one thing he did was he quit trying to match up as much. Like, mm-hmm. he didn't play small to match up with them. He just put his five best players out there yeah and played and see i think i was hard on him harsh on him because he wouldn't toy with his lineup like he'd have his guys out there they'd be getting their face smashed in and he just it's like he just kept on running into a brick wall you know he wasn't doing anything to try to you know uh remedy the situation and i believe a big turning point in the series was when kevin love went out with a concussion Mm. he went down they they ended up uh, winning the next game when he was out, and it seemed like they played him less and less. Yeah, and it, I believe that had a big effect on Cleveland being able to win. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, guys like Richard Jefferson stepped up, sort of like how we've been. Guys for Golden State would always step up. Guys for Cleveland stepped up. While LeBron and Kyrie did the bulk of the work, it seemingly, especially yeah. statistically. Hell, that one game, they had, what, 82 points? Yeah, both between scored 41. Man, that's yeah. insane. That's yeah. never happened. Right. Once again, so much – it's never even – there's never even been a game in the finals where guys on opposite teams score 40 points. Right. More or less the same team. Team, yeah. So, so, same, much, so much history was made. And I think I got to watch six of the games. The only game I didn't see was the uh, game Kevin Love missed, the first game Cleveland won. That's the really? only one I didn't see. Hmm. And we watched the bulk of them together. Yeah, so, we watched almost all of them, I think, together. Um, so it was a really good series. Um, Cleveland's a champion. Epic series. Epic, man. You saw all that emotion pouring out of Lou and uh, LeBron. and Super happy for LeBron to be able to get that monkey off his back, man. Yeah. You know, uh, the weight of the world was on his shoulders. You know, he was so harshly criticized. I'm I'm one of the guys who also did this for leaving Cleveland the way he did. Mm -hmm. And to come back and to get that city a championship, man, you got to give the guy all the credit in the world. Absolutely. And, you know, like, you see Kyrie Irving, he was more joyful than emotional. Yeah. Because he hadn't put in all the time. Mm-hmm. J.R. Smith put in 10 years. Yeah. You know what I mean? It poured out of him. He was never going to be a champion. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, and that's the kind of shit you can't fake, man. Yeah. That raw, true emotion, that shows you how much LeBron really cared about this. You know? Yeah. It wasn't just a, for for a PR thing, you know, to make his image look better. He literally wanted to go back and get the city a championship. Because yeah. he felt guilty the way he left them. Yeah. Because he went on to win championships in Miami, Mm -hmm. and it's sort of like he left them in the back burner. I don't have a problem with him leaving Cleveland. Yeah. I had a problem with him having a special to show where he was going to go. Even though all that money went to the boys club. Right. I have a problem with all that. I didn't like the way he – I don't have a problem with him necessarily leaving Cleveland. I had a problem with him uh, teaming up with another superstar. To two, me, two superstars. Two superstars, but for, to me, to I don't know, to almost like give up and be like, you know, I can't do it by myself, so I'm going to go team up with one of the other best. I don't think that was the case. 
See, that's how I feel about it. And I don't feel like in the era I came up in, the 90s, you would have never seen Jordan go team up with Patrick Ewing or, no. you know, Reggie Miller no. for that instance. No. You know? But, but it, let's say uh, Jordan's in Chicago and he doesn't have Pippen. Mm-hmm. Let's say they never give him Dennis Rodman or Tony Kukos. There's a lot of ifs, man. No, no, no. Yeah. But, but look at LeBron's scenario. The best player they got him was Larry Hughes, mm. you know, before he went to Miami. And he was there, what, six, seven years before he left for Miami. And uh, the best players they got him, Larry Hughes. Verizal, Ilgaskis were his best players. Right. You know, you're not getting them help. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and I, 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 I respect you saying I can't do this alone. I, I'm fine with him saying that and being like, I, go, I'm going to another team to try something different. Someone who can build a team around me. But, but to say like, hey, I'm gonna go get with Dwayne Wade. To me, there's something about that that rubbed me the wrong way at the time. Now, this day, day and age, it's, it's commonplace. You know, there's forming uh, all-star teams everywhere. You yeah. know what I mean? It's, it's just the way the NBA is now. So, I mean, I have less of an issue with it now than I did then. I just, to me, it rubbed me the wrong way. So, you were saying this before. You've been saying this for a while. If Cleveland won the championship, LeBron would leave Cleveland. Yeah. Do you still feel that way? It's hard to say now, man. But, yeah, I kind of do, man. I don't think he really cares for the owner there. Uh Dan Gilbert. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's something there that uh, – and I just – I don't know, man. I don't see LeBron staying there and, and going through a, another journey like this. You know? Yeah. I mean, you could build that team around Kyrie Irving. You really could, yeah. That dude showed me something, man. And uh, and he showed me from the moment – because, you know, Detroit made the playoffs for the first time in eight years. And mm-hmm. so they, they drew Cleveland and played Cleveland tough. But Kyrie showed me something. Yeah, he's an ass buster, man. On offense, uh, he's uncanny. Yeah, he was compared yeah. to Allen Iverson. I would hold off on all that. I wouldn't say that either. And uh, he's not even the same type of player. No, he's not. They're they're both uh, players who attack the rim. He's a better shooter than Iverson, but he's not nearly as um, – he doesn't have a biggest heart. He's not a, nearly as determined to yeah. score a basket. Yeah, you know? Iverson's type of mentality is on another level. Right. You know, Uh but Kyrie can score, score buckets, man. Score buckets, man, and the guy might have the best handle in the NBA. Him and Steph probably are the two best handles. Yeah. So, is there any shot that you can think of? Because you were saying, I wonder who's going to have their Derek Fisher moment, mm-hmm. right? Um, to be iconic in history, right? Moment, right. Like the shot he hit against the Spurs with point. You know, just always, anytime the game's in the balance and you're going to win the series one way or the other, whoever makes that play. You know they they go down in, you know, uh, history. You yeah. know, uh, you know. So I, I was just wondering who would be that guy. You so know? Kyrie Irving was that guy. Yeah, hits the shot on Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. Um, well defended, just a better shot. Right. Um, can you think off the top of your head any bigger shots than the one? Irving? if you put the situation like Derek Fisher, I believe that was a second round playoff matchup against. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. But it was still unbelievable because point four seconds left. Right. But we remember it. We'll always remember it. Mm-hmm. Even you know it was thirteen, fourteen years ago. Um, I can't think of a shot that's bigger. You know, with the magnitude of the game, yeah. it's game seven. It's all on the line. The other shot that pops up in my head is when Jordan hit over Russell. Over Russell when he pushed off. But that's the only other one that I can think of that's kind of uh, stood the test of time. You know, but that Irving shot, there was so much riding on the moment. You yeah. know. One way or the other, whoever made the play was going to win the series. So. It was a phenomenal series, and we watched history. 
Uh-huh. I think a bigger play than that was that LeBron block. block. Oh, my yeah. Jesus. So they're saying he covered 88 feet and jumped 11 foot 8 inches. Oh, my God, man. To, uh, well, That's incredible. Well, got to 11 foot. He didn't jump 11 feet in the air. But yeah. he cleared it to block that shot. And that shot was – that brought me out of my seat. I don't know if yeah. you remember, but it brought I me out of my seat. I was and, there, uh, too. Yeah. I was pretty excited. That was an amazing play, man. Because he did that whole series. Yeah. Because, you know, it was funny because they were talking about – I want to say it was in the Toronto series, but he had like blocked somebody from behind. You know, we we call him Scotty Pippen blocks. Mm-hmm. That's what Scotty Pippen used to do all the Tayshaun time. Tayshawn Prince, Scotty Pippen. Tayshawn Prince, I love that block. Man, that's there. what he was known for, though. Yeah, you know, that's, tracking him that, down. That's his play. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're saying LeBron don't really do that as much anymore. He did it the whole series, right? And he let Steph Curry know every time that he blocked Curry. I think he did a great job of getting in Curry's head, man. He did. Yeah, he talked a lot of shit to Curry. And, and you could tell, man, something – Curry wasn't himself, you know. Yeah. Oh, he was it hurt, would. remember? Yeah, I I do think he's been hurt throughout the playoffs. And I think a uh, fragile frame, much like Mike Conley, mm-hmm. these smaller type guards, you know, they're going to get beat up over these long uh, seasons, playoffs. You know, you're going to be nicked up. But I do believe LeBron got in his head – and even though he was hurt, or I believe he was had lingering issues, yeah, I think uh, his it's more about his demeanor. You know what I mean? It's what I was talking about. You see him throw the uh, the mouthpiece mm-hmm. in Game Six. You know, he just didn't see himself. You know, now it's not fair that LeBron. You know, he gets a lot of hate. Some of it, All some of it earned. Mm-hmm. Some of it not so much. Some people are just going to hate regardless. But, you know, LeBron's a crybaby. Right. LeBron complains about this, that, and the other. And Tyrone Luce stuck up for LeBron James, you know, last week. My guy doesn't get any calls. And right. I said it on my show last week. I said, you know, I think it's more of him standing up for a friend. LeBron, you can't say nothing. Well, I can. I will. Whatever. Right. right? He took the fine. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, after game, what was it, game, I guess it was game six, Kirk, the whole Warriors, Steph Curry's wife, everybody's complaining about the officiating. Right. And nobody's saying anything. Oh, you have a point. They missed a call because Steph Curry fouled out on a play that he didn't foul uh, Irving, right? Mm Because he knocked the ball away. Right. But if you look at – they're like, oh, that screwed the Warriors. No. If you look at it early in the game, Curry had three fouls where he was just being lazy on defense and just – Wrapping his arms around somebody. Yeah, he seemed like he was doing a lot of reaching, trying to be overly aggressive, mm-hmm. you know. And it's trying just, it's be, not his character. Trying to be more than a shooter. Yeah. You know, right. and he has really good hands. Like, mm-hmm. I noticed inside, like, he knocks it away from the post players. Oh, he's rebounds. really good at stripping. Yeah, yeah, you know, he's got good hands. But, yeah, he was trying He was trying to be a little bit more than what he was. Yeah, he's trying to be physical. Yeah. And he's not. No. You know, just play your part, man, you know. But the Cleveland Cavaliers are the world champs. Uh, I wanted to pick them going to this series. You remember me saying that? Yeah. And when and, and th- when I came in here two weeks ago and did my prediction, that morning Mike and Mike both picked mm-hmm. Cleveland. I jumped off the bandwagon because anything Greenberg's on, I'm jumping off that bad boy. Right. But because uh, I think that dude's about as clueless when it comes to basketball as Stephen A. Smith is to football. But anyways, that's um, – that's ESPN, the big boy. So. But Golden State, man, it was very uh, improbable that they would not win this series coming in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, just if you're looking at uh, on paper, you know, you'd have to think that they had the edge, especially after winning three out of four, you know, still in one in Cleveland and winning your two at home. Yeah. I mean, when it was up 3-1, you definitely wouldn't think they'd go down right. to the series. But mm-hmm. coming into the series, Cleveland was playing well. Yeah, they were. Golden State. They had a great playoffs. Golden State had to fight. 
just to come back on OKC. Right. And uh, that was a great comeback also. It was. That series and this series, man, two epic series, man. Yeah, man. Really, really great series. It, it would be tough for any team to fight that hard against such a good team like OKC mm-hmm. and be able to fight off such a great team. Uh, team like Cleveland, like with right. LeBron and Irving, like, like the star power, Westbrook and Durant and them. It's a lot. And it's, it's a lot to yeah to hold on to, overcome, man. But it was a great season by the Warriors. I agree. Uh, yeah. Big Larry had a joke. What was it? Say, uh, I need to get a hold of Steph Curry. What's the number? 73 and 9. I no ca- ring. I called it no <laughs> ring. Yeah. yeah. Pretty funny. Yeah, Larry's uh, hilarious, man. Yeah. He's, he's cool, dude. But uh, Golden State. Falls to Cleveland. No shame. Great season. Right. Uh, the 96 Bulls would whoop their ass. Like, I agree. Easily. They'd whoop any of these teams' ass. Yeah, probably. 96 Bulls are the best team ever, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Um, so, hats off to LeBron. I just wish people would just go the offseason before you start hating on him again. Yeah. Let him have his offseason. When the season starts back up, and um, he's hooked up with Carmelo, like I keep saying, Uh when the season starts back up, then you can start hating on him or whatever, man. But, man, get off the dude's back because – Hey, he, man, he, I'm not uh, hating on him, man. I, I give him his no, props. No, you know? just everybody in general. I have hated on 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 him in the, in the past. But I believe, like, there was a, a certain point in Miami where the hate had gotten so strong. You know, like, when everyone else is doing something, I want to do the opposite. Right. You know, so I feel like there was a certain point where it was like, oh, I ain't got time to – it's, it's too uh, – there's too many people doing it anyway. When he went to Miami, he became, kind of became like uh, a villain. Yeah. You know? And I uh, wasn't a big fan the first couple, I wasn't three either. years. Yeah. And I'm still not a fan of LeBron James, but I mm-hmm. have been a defender. I am I'm, a fan. I'm a defender of truth, right? Right. I feel like if, even if I don't like this guy or I do like this guy, uh, if people are saying it's not true or an accusation is not true, then I'm going to stick up for it, right? Right. Because it's not fair. Um, and so I've been a defender of LeBron James, but I'm not a fan. Mm-hmm. Love his game, yeah. You know, I respect the hell out of him. Mm-hmm. You know, does this what he did this uh, playoff run boost him above Kobe Bryant? No, in the all time greats. N O no. Now, uh, what if he gets another ring? Maybe. I mean, that's a big what if. Well, yeah, It'll absolutely. be about the journey. Yeah, you know it, what I mean? It's a huge what if. Yeah. Uh, I'm just saying, like, not what if. That's too much to think about. It would just be how he got another ring, right? You know what he did to make that happen. So let's say. What would you say? He's got about five, six years left? Who knows, man? Because uh, the thing about a guy like LeBron, he started so early. And he's one, He's from this uh, school that played a lot of AAU ball. And these kids coming up now, man, they just start earlier and they play so much when they're young, you know. Who's to say what his actual age is basketball-wise? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it was looking like he was starting to decline. Mm-hmm. And he took it. To it doesn't look one. like it now. No, <laughs> no. So right now I'm gonna send a shout out to the sponsor, uh, 35 South Florence Side Street Grill. Uh, Monday through Friday, four to seven is happy hour. Tuesdays pasta special, four to nine. Wednesdays steak night, four to nine. And Sunday is the best brunch in Midtown, eleven to three. 35 South Florence, come check it out. Side Street Grill. Uh, there's even the Red Bar where you can come over and smoke your cigars and watch the flat screens and. Hot chicks and whatnot. Hot chicks and whatnot. All right, so uh, back on LeBron for a second. Yeah, go ahead. You'd have to. Uh, you got to give the guy. Uh, this really um, boosts his legacy quite a bit, though. You know, uh, I think a lot of the haters would have to. He shut him up. You know, with this this run here, man. This was a big deal. Yeah, it 
It's huge. And that's why I asked you if he surpassed Kobe Bryant. I don't think he's there yet. But, I mean, it, it did boost him up a little bit, you know. But he did things that no one else has ever done. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to put So him- did the Warriors. Are they, you know what I mean? But you don't go on just what what the statistic, statistics are. You know what when I mean? When LeBron retires, he'll be top five in all the major stats. Because mm-hmm. I mean, we're going through out there and everybody is common knowledge. Everyone knows this. LeBron James led either player from either team in all the categories. Right. Points, rebounds, steals, assists, blocks. Like he was the leader for both teams in both categories, which has also never been done before. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did what he had to do to win. He did. You know, mm-hmm. I still think it's Draymond Green's fault, you know. For hitting him in the nuts. Uh, hitting him in the nuts, man. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's kind of karma, man, because he should have been suspended when he kicked Steven Adams. True. You know, uh, and if he would have been suspended then, then Golden State would have most likely been eliminated in the Western Conference Finals, right? Perhaps, yeah. Probably not come back without Draymond Green. It would have been hard, yeah. Um, And so it turns about fair play to where – now he gets suspended, and it allowed Cleveland to come back. So where right. it wasn't suspended, where it was uh, warranted. So he, the game that he was out, that's the game that they both scored 41, right? Yes. Yeah. See, so that probably had a lot to do with that. You know what yeah. I mean? Not to say that they wouldn't have had good games still. but Well, here's the thing, man. Draymond Green is their leader. Yeah. Right? He's he's the emotional guy. And he's he was part. kicking ass in game seven, man. He was. But a lot of that, I think, had to do with them laying off of him. Yeah, yeah. they left him open. But, yeah. but he was hitting his shots. And he was playing good D, rebounding. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, he's such the great defender. Why wasn't he guarding LeBron James? I didn't understand that. I think LeBron kind of punked him, man. Yeah, I don't. I think Kerr knew that Draymond Green can't guard him. Yeah. And if he continued to stay him on the whole game, then Draymond Green's going to foul out. Right. You know, because he can't guard LeBron James. And there's no knock because, I mean, really, no, one, no can. one can. Yeah. But I was just kind of shocked that your defensive player of the year, your defensive guru, your guy, and you don't even put him on the best player. The guy that you mark, he can guard all five positions. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and Iguodala is a great defender. Right. Right. But he's just not physical enough for LeBron James. But who else would Draymond need to guard? If he's your best guy, it's not like you're using him on someone else. Right. You know what I mean? It like, did make sense. Yeah. Uh, I think it was more of a admittance of he can't, he can't guard, guard LeBron him. Yeah. James, and we want to still be able to use him. So let's just not, you know, put him down so down that alley. Kyrie yeah. Irving was deserving of being the Finals MVP, but LeBron James was more deserving. Yeah, definitely. You more. know, it's so so much hate out there, and they're like, "Oh, Kyrie should have been MVP." Dude, do you even care? Why does it matter? Right. You know, your team's not involved. He's not your favorite player. You just don't want LeBron James to get any glory. It just it bugs the hell out of me. Yeah, man. It comes to a point where it's like you can hate all you want, but the truth is the truth, you know. And uh, LeBron was the truth. You know, he he really uh, was head and shoulders above anyone Absolutely. else as far, to, as far as MVP goes. And he took it to another level, man, like no Definitely. one had ever seen. So while we're speaking about – King James himself. I'm going to bring up another member of royalty, uh, Jerry the King Lawler, right? Yeah, so man. So you saw he got arrested. I did. So Thursday night, they had a show in Memphis where it was Night in the Slammer. Okay. was the name of the – it was him and Dundee versus uh, Doug Gilbert and Tommy Rich. No, this isn't a throwback. This has really happened. Okay. In, in a steel cage. So it was Night in the Slammer. Where did this happen? I didn't even know about Somewhere it. Somewhere here in – I don't remember. Okay. Uh, Manglewood or some shit? It's a, it's a horrible company. But anyways uh, – so, um, so, and he goes home. His, his fiance, who's forty years younger than him, right? Uh, drunk, belligerent. They get into it. Apparently, she assaulted him, but she called the police, and police didn't know what to do, so they just took them both down. Right. Um, but it's 
weird situation, man. It could cost you your job. Yeah. And especially with domestic violence and everything, because, you know, WWE suspended him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's a legend, but I think they've been looking to get rid of him anyway. Since yeah. Even, since even before the heart attack. You're not the only person I've heard say that. So, I mean, I think that is a, a, a thing. They yeah. already took him off Monday Night Raw. And yeah. Like I said, it had nothing to do with the heart attack. It has and the to Monday Night Raw freaking team sucks, man. It does suck. I like JBL. Yeah, he's cool, man. Michael Cole sucks, man. Cole sucks, and so does Saxton, man. Yeah, dude. I don't even know why he's in the business. Uh, But, you know, they already took him off. It's because, you know, they don't want old people on their TV. Right. You know, it just doesn't, nobody wants to see that anymore. It doesn't hit the demographic. No. Yeah. Unless it's Ric Flair for some reason. (laughs) All right. uh, So, NFL Countdown. We're going down to number 22 this week. We got the Baltimore Ravens, who were injury plagued last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, four and twelve, I think, or five and eleven. But they were injury plagued. Flacco even went down. Mister Durability, who never missed a game since he stepped into the league, right? Torres ACL. Um, Kevin Cobbs, KJ, Coach KJ, yeah, man, man Coach KJ. He keeps talking about he's going to. Uh, the Ravens are going to be so explosive this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, spoken like a true Raven fan, I guess. Something about Super Bowl, I think he said. <laughs> like, <laughs> well. Here's the thing about the Ravens, man. Only time both Super Bowls they they they've won, mm-hmm. they were wild card teams. Yeah, even the great defensive Ray Lewis uh, teams before Ed Reed and them mm-hmm. uh, with uh, Woodson and uh, the other cat they had that team full of stars. One of the greatest defenses ever, uh, Saragusa and all them. So they were a wild card. They were eleven and five. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple years ago when they beat the Central School 49ers, Niners, yeah. they were a wild card team. They right. were 9-7 and seven who got in on a freak play. Right. Uh, so they've never just been a 13-3 and three type Dominate of team that just gets home field and rolls, you know. I think a lot of that has to do with uh, their di- the division they yes. play in. You know, they play in a very tough division. And I also think, man, I'm not a big Flacco guy at all. I'm not a Flacco supporter fan. I don't think he's that good. Mm-hmm. He's got a super strong arm, really good deep ball. That's about it. Yeah. But uh, that guy, man, when it comes playoff time, he gets to another level, man. He gets, yeah. you know, he really gets zones in. He, you know? he, he does. It's it's uncanny, really. It really how he is. goes from being a borderline Alex Smith type of guy, rated guy. Because there's so many quarterbacks are the exact opposite. You know, they have yeah. really great seasons, and then they can't perform in playoff time. So yeah. I mean, it's kind of crazy to see. Yeah, that is backwards. It's cool to see. It is cool. Yeah, uh, you can't do nothing but respect it, but. So the Baltimore Ravens, who last year 25th ranked offense, 24th ranked defense, uh, they were both good in pass offense, pass defense, the rushing, not so much. Uh, they gave up a lot of points. Um, the total yards wasn't bad for them. Mm-hmm. But they gave up a lot of points. Right. Uh, last year they had Ryan Mallett throwing passes, Jimmy Clausen. Mm-hmm. Like I think, I think other than Dallas, that's probably the worst situation you could probably have. Yeah. You know, Dallas had Brandon Whedon and Sam. Uh, not Sam Castle, uh, Matt Castle. Matt Castle and Brandon Whedon, so, yeah. Oh, man, talk about pick your poison. I'd rather run the Wildcat than have <laughs> <laughs> any of those guys. Quarterback for me. But uh, a lot of injuries. Just before I get into their stuff, they signed Trent Richardson, yeah. who said he's working on getting into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, this guy's a loser, man. I don't understand that at all. I, I, I don't. I never fought a team for taking a, a low risk situation. You know what I mean? It's not like they gave up a lot to give them a, a kick the tires, you know, mm-hmm. if you will. So I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. But hopefully, that's not your answer. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I, I like I like a uh, Fawcett man. Yeah, Fawcett's a good yeah. player, man. And they drafted a, a guy, I believe. I know they got the kid out of the Navy. He's going to play receiver. Okay, gotcha. Uh, he's going he's going mostly be a returner. And the Ravens are great drafting team. They are. They all they do a they're great a job. Well structured franchise. G- great uh, coaching staff. Mm-hmm. Great front office. So I mean. I want to hate on them and say they're not going to do that great because, like, I've been pounding this the whole – every time we review a team, offensive line. Offensive line and pass rush, I think, are two biggest things other than quarterback. Yeah. And uh, they lost. They You see they just cut U- Eugene Monroe okay. here this last week, which is starting left tackle. And yeah. the Ravens typically have a great offensive line. That's because they drafted Ronnie St- uh Staley, Staley at, yeah. yeah, out of Notre Dame. Yeah, number one pick, yeah. yeah. But they also lost the best guard in free agency uh, to the Raiders. Awesome Mel, I believe his mm-hmm. name is. So you're losing, you know, your 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 starting left side of your offensive line. It's a big deal, you know. Yeah, I, when I was, as I was overlooking their draft, doing my homework for the show, they drafted a lot of line. They so really think, did. So yeah. I think they're hoping that kind of pans out. But they drafted Keenan Reynolds, the quarterback out of Navy, who got no respect. Mm-hmm. He's going to play slot and mostly be a returner. Uh, and didn't Perriman get hurt? Yeah, here's the thing, man. That's just their stud draft pick from last year, right? I mean, he was hurt last year, mm-hmm. and now he's hurt his other knee. Right. But they're saying it's not torn. He doesn't need surgery. I just don't know where. So who's your guy? You know what I mean? Are you rolling with Steve Smith again? Is that is that what you're hoping for? Or? He said he's not going to retire. Hmm. I just don't know how much you can I don't count even, on man. that. I mean, I know? like Marlon Brown, but I, he hasn't really done anything. Uh, their best receivers in San Francisco, but uh, and Torrey Smith, but um. So Reynolds, uh, Maurice Kennedy, uh, cornerback from Virginia, is going to play safety for him. Mm-hmm. See how that works out. But the defense wasn't horrible last year. Uh, you know, like NFL when they do their their scoring rankings, uh, like if I throw pick six touchdown, those points count against my defense. Right. You know what I mean? It's points. So you can't just necessarily look they were the 24th ranked defense and giving up points. They just do points against. Yes. You know, points for. Yeah, it's not just the defense gave up this, the special teams. It's all one. uh, Offensive returns, all that stuff. Um, So, Baltimore Ravens, they play the NFC and the AFC East. They start off with Buffalo at Cleveland at Jacksonville, Oakland and Washington. Uh, favorable schedule. I think that's a pretty – you can't ask for much better than that to start off. But here's the thing. Jacksonville's supposed to contend for that division. I love Jacksonville. Cleveland's supposed to be better, but still probably last. Yeah. Uh, Buffalo, who we're going to talk about in a second, is Buffalo. Um, The Raiders are supposed to take a step forward, but they're probably still the worst or third best team in that division. Then you got the Redskins, who under Kirk Cousins only have I hate the Redskins only have <laughs> only have Kirk Cousins has one victory over a team that's over five hundred. Oh wow! So uh, I really hate the Redskins. Um, but those are all like decent teams. They are. You know what I mean? They're but, teams that should be on the same level as Baltimore. Right. Like, none of those teams are better. But it's not like you're playing uh, New yeah, England and whoever. Yeah. You know. So it's 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 it could be a lot worse. It's winnable. Definitely. It, uh, I expect a winning record out of that. If you don't, then you're going to have a shitty season. Yeah, because it's getting much tougher. Yeah, you, you play the Patriots and the Steelers twice. Steelers twice. And yeah. Bengals twice. Yeah. And, yeah, it gets much tougher from there. That is the easiest part of their schedule. So mm-hmm. it, you want to walk away three and two. Um, I don't see them making the playoffs. Me either. Um, I still don't trust that defense. I don't care what the numbers say. I still don't trust Flacco in the regular season. 
I don't like their running game. Even though as much as I like Forsett, I don't like the running game. Um, just they have a lot of question marks, man. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as bad as they were, the reason they were ranked so high going into the season, once again, this isn't a – I think they'll be the 22nd best team in the league when the season ends. It's where I think they deserve based off last year, off-season moves, going into where they should be ranked. Right. Uh, and reason Baltimore, who had a, a much worse record than teams we've already surpassed, is because of injuries. Right. You know, because uh, they had a whole lot of them. Mm-hmm. And they lost a lot of games last year, as KJ keeps pointing out. They lost a record amount of games by less than one score. A, f- a few points. So they yeah. were in a lot of games. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, like I said, Ryan Mallett and Jimmy Clausen was a quarterback, man. Yeah, you can't um, expect to win with that. No, nah, man, you, you shouldn't. Not even on Madden. Um, so that's Baltimore Ravens. Um, in a little bit, we're going to touch on the Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm. Uh, but right now, the NBA draft is just uh, – this Thursday. Yeah, I love draft, man. I know you do. So, <laughs> so uh, Ben Simmons is the consensus number one overall pick. Yeah, it's supposed to be a done deal. I believe the first two picks are supposed to be Simmons and Brandon Ingram, uh-huh. and then the draft kind of starts after that. Now, I was seeing that Boston's supposed to be trying to get Jimmy Butler. I saw Minnesota was as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that three and that five. Boston was probably like, I heard Minnesota's trying to get him, so let's go on and jump in the yeah. picks. Yeah. That would make sense. Yeah. Uh, but if not, I'm looking at maybe Buddy Hield for them. I like that. I, I I think I just see them taking somebody with more upside, like a younger guy, less polished. You know what I mean? Boston has a lot of young players now. They do, yeah. I think Marcus Smart hasn't maxed out by any means. Like I still think he's still transforming into a point guard. Mm-hmm. You still have Isaiah Thomas, who's a phenomenal scorer. Um, and then you got Avery. so you're deep, right? You need some bigger wings. Yeah. That's what I feel like they need. They're small. They need Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Yeah. That would be perfect, man. It really would be. Uh, that would escalate them into the – they were already a top five team in the East already. They'd probably be top two or three yeah. if they had Jimmy Butler. Depending on where all the cars Other fall. Other teams do, yeah. Like LeBron, where he goes or mm-hmm. whatever moves are made. Uh, but Buddy Hill's a good player. Can you give me somebody that you think that might be somebody sleeping on in the first round that you think – so I was listening to a radio, local radio station today – and they were talking about sometimes you don't want to draft somebody because uh, their potential upside of being great. Sometimes you want to draft somebody because they're you're sure they're not going to be a bust. If yeah, that, if that makes sense. Clean somebody's safe, and I feel like teams later in the draft do that. Like your Spurs, your and your, good teams, exactly, because they could take the chance. Really, well, it's not so much a chance. You just want a guy who can help you win now, right? You don't want someone that you're going to develop. And the the top tier teams are definitely going to take more risk and take uh, players who need time to develop. Mm-hmm. But uh, what was your question again? Uh, somebody that they're sleeping on. Everybody's talking about Simmons and Ingram, uh, Jalen Crawford, whoever they're talking about. Um, give me somebody that people are kind of sleeping on a little bit. You think? Because like I like the Sabonis guy from Gonzaga. I see. I love that guy. I don't know how. I see. I didn't know what you mean by sleeping on. He's still a first round lot borderline yeah. lottery guy. I've actually seen him uh, slotted into the Grizzly spot a few times. Really? I, uh, maybe three or four different drafts. I don't him. think he'll fall that. Tell me, I don't either, man. Tell me what you know about Henry Ellenson. Do you know anything about him from Montana? Henry, yeah, he's a big guy, right? Yeah. Yeah, man. I don't know much else about him than that. I know Memphis was looking at him. Yeah. Memphis looking at him. I was seeing Malachi Richardson. It is uh, a point guard out of Syracuse, yeah, right? Yeah, six foot six, though. Yeah, he's huge. Yeah, he's good. He can play. I think he's been more of a swing in college. Yeah. But a lot of my reading has been most of the shooting guards – uh, are supposed to transition into scoring point yeah. guards 
to the NBA. And I talked about this a couple weeks ago. I don't know if you remember because I think we talked about Penny Hardaway. I do remember you saying that. But yeah. I was saying they play the swing in college because of their size. Right. But then they can come up. Jalen Rose did the same thing. Like, there's guys. Well, you look at, like, Jamal Murray from Kentucky. Kentucky. Mm-hmm. A big-time score shooting guard at Kentucky. They had the shorter guy, Eulis, I think his name, is mm-hmm. playing point guard, which I kind of am interested in him. You talk about some somebody that's been slept on, you know. Eulis, I believe, is a, a guy who could – Come in and eventually make an impact. But uh, go back to Murray. Murray's a big-time scorer in college, but they're talking about moving him over to point guard, you know, a scoring point guard. I think so. it would be interesting who takes him because he is kind of a combo kind of guard. Yeah, he's top five-ish. I mean, you could see him go as high as three to uh, Celtics mm-hmm. and, you know, on down to ten probably. So who's a great fit for the Grizzlies, man? I mean, before I heard all these knee issues, I really liked Valentine. I mean, that's no big, you know. Uh, Out of Michigan State. That's not taking any kind of – That's you know, everyone likes this guy. <laughs> you know, right. if you hear anybody talking about anything, that's yeah. the guy they want. But uh, apparently he has some kind of serious knee, knee issues. So, he, you see he's kind of falling down to the mid to late 20s, okay. you know. So, basically he'll end up going to uh, – the Spurs or someone of that caliber and be an all-star in two years, yeah, you know. it be Kawhi Leonard. Exactly. Because so, uh, I got Henry Ellison, like I said, Malachi Richardson. Grizzlies need a, they need a lot, really, to, to move into the future. Well, you just need an influx of young talent. You know, you'd like to see just get, get a bunch of young guys on the team and don't fuck with them for a couple of years. Well, if just gonna, let them stay on the roster. If you're going to run this system, if you're going to continue to be a grit and grind type of team, mm-hmm. then – you need to look to replace Zach Randolph, somebody that can fill in that role. Right. And that's what they're saying El- Ellison can do. I, I don't know much about him. Yeah, you see the Ellison. There's several guys. The Sabonis would be another big guy. I don't see him falling that far. I don't either. I don't see him going past 10 or 12. Devonta Davis out of Michigan State's a big guy who can maybe fall into the Grizzlies' lap. Uh, there's several you know big guys who they could probably. What do you think about Ton Maker? Thon Maker, the guy yeah. from uh, – he's played Australia. Oscar. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, just raw talent. Yeah. You know, big guy can handle the ball. He's over seven feet. The guy I like more than him, he's a higher draft pick, is uh, Dragon Bender. Mm-hmm. The guy from, I believe, Croatia. But and everybody He's wants, going early, though. Yeah, he's going super high. He's yeah. a lottery pick. He, yeah. he, I think that'd be a good place for the Celtics. You know, I, somebody fit real good in with the Celtics. But this guy, everybody wants to compare him to Sabonis. Mm-hmm. And he's not just because he's a tall guy who can shoot. And, right. You know, but he's more of a playmaker. When you watch, I watch a lot of videos on him and stuff. And mm-hmm. the more I watch, the more I want to watch, man. But this guy really makes some nice passes, you know, really athletic, fast with the ball, can shoot the daylights out of the ball. So I like Bender, man, out of all the foreign guys. Yeah. Which is no surprise. He's the top foreign guy coming out. But yeah. When you start watching them, man, it's it's fun to watch. I've always liked big guys who can pass, man. Magic Johnson, you know, LeBron does it. So yeah, it's it's nice to watch. It is, man. Yeah, because it looks so fluent. And that's why. Excuse me. A lot of this is going on. Ben Simmons. They're saying he's going to be the best scorer. In the he's track. got the same thing too. The he best can pass passer. too. Yeah, yeah, the best playmaker. Um, it's so rare that somebody. Because they're comparing to Magic and LeBron, which yeah, already not is not fair. fair yeah, you know, right. For anybody to be compared that like that, but uh, normally when somebody's held such a high regard, normally they just don't even nearly live up to the they expectations. Don't it. And know? it's not like this guy is LeBron. It's not like he's you know been uh, pushed up to that level. Because everyone knew LeBron was going to be amazing. 
before he came to the NBA. Yeah. They're putting his high school games on ESPN, and, you know, this guy isn't on that level. But, I mean, he is a, a rare talent, you know. Another guy that's, like, big, handles the ball, passes the ball well, does it all, you know. Which the NBA is turning into that, Yeah, man. it's the change. Everybody does everything, you know. And I kind of like it, man. I like basketball being played that way. It's cool. And I think that's the influence that the Europeans mm-hmm. uh, coming over here have, have had. On, the open on the guy game. is the go-to guy, man. You know, break your guy down and kick it out to the open guy for the easy shot, you know. Um, but – because I know you're a huge draft guy. I love draft, stuff, man, yeah. I'm excited for Thursday night. I think it's going to be uh, – uh, and I think this draft has really been shit on a, a lot, man. But it seems relatively deep, man. There's some guys that can kind of fall down. You talk about sleepers. Mm-hmm. A guy I like in the, uh, a little bit later in the draft, I saw him playing the tournament for Virginia, and I, I didn't even realize he was in the draft hall. You know, was just reading and doing my thing. But uh, Malcolm Brogdon – Mm-hmm. A shooting guard from uh, Virginia. Yeah. Really big fan of his, man. Good defender, man. Really good player. Just That'd be a guy I'd like the Grizzlies to try to snag with their second-round pick. If he could fall that far, I don't see him doing that. But him, um, Gary Payton Jr., coming mm-hmm. out, you know, second-round-ish guy. Yeah. Kind of like him a lot. Uh, I feel like you could snag a couple guards in the second round. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, a guy from Florida. I kind of like him. He's more of a small forward, but I'm a fan of his also. So there's some guys, man, that can could fall and end up being decent players. I do think this will be a good draft. I do too, yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's going to put out Carmelo and Wade and Bosch and LeBron type of stuff. but I agree with that. I don't see near as much uh, top-level star power. But it'll be good all the way through. I like, agree. A lot of teams have an opportunity to really make their teams better. Which Long- could benefit the Grizzlies seeing how we got a, a – you yeah. know, 15, 20-ish pick. But the Grizzlies are so horrible at drafting. Really are, man. We really need to – we got to hit this one, man. If you don't, Wallace has to go, man. You think so? I really do. If do he's think- the one making the, the calls, you know. If he's the one that ultimately is making the decisions, he has mm-hmm. to go, man. And uh, there's a guy I like, man, but I haven't really seen him in any of the drafts. Van Fleet, the guy from – a point guard from yeah. uh, Wichita State. I like the way that guy plays, man. I feel like he could come in and be kind of like you see Della Ladova for uh, uh, Cleveland. Yeah. You know, come in and help a team off the bench, you know. And those are the type of guys that really put your team to another level. I'm not saying Della Dova put them in the championship, but you need those kind of guys mm-hmm. to play their role. Right. You know, it's so like, – like, like we just harped on, man. Everybody's always trying to find that superstar – Find your role players. Right. That's what San Antonio's done for so long. Mm-hmm. You know, find guys that can just fit our scheme and play our role. Because uh, we talked about the Grizzlies have been horrible drafting. They've been good fitting in players. They definitely have done a good uh, job of that. But they haven't done a good job in the draft. And I'm really hoping that we can walk away with somebody that's promising. Like, we're like, like we're not, oh, man. We, I'm praying to the high heavens we get Sabonis, man. <laughs> like that would be awesome. Yeah, that would be, man. That would be awesome. Anything else you want to chime in for the draft? Nah, man. Just excited to see uh, see it. And yeah. I hope the Grizzlies don't draft the point guard from Notre Dame. <laughs> like, that's the only guy. <laughs> Do you think uh, – because I've been saying this with the influx of uh, European players coming over to the league, mm-hmm. um, going to three rounds. See, I like that too, Three man. rounds and expanding the D-League as well. Yeah, see, we talked about that, uh, I believe, over your house one night. Mm-hmm. And you brought it up, but I, I was funny because I had just been thinking the same thing. You know, I was just reading a bunch of stuff. I'm like, there's all these extra guys. And uh, I, I think the NBA, there needs to be a D-League team 
for every single team in the NBA. How many D League teams are there now? Do you know? I would say sixteen to twenty, maybe at the most. So they probably do like because uh, I noticed at first when they started doing the D League, it was kind of two teams would share a team, right? Like I'll send some players, you send some players, and the D League will just pick up some scraps, right? Mm-hmm. So every team would, and if you can't tell me the NBA don't have money to put behind the D League because it's making it's your, not that expensive, it's, and it's an investment, right? It's not like you're just throwing your money away for another association. You're making your league better. Mm-hmm. So when these guys get called up, uh, when their season's over in March and they get called up, they're ready to play. Yeah. You know? They would have to come up with some kind of rule, too. Because as it is now, the the guys in the D League, for the most part, are just uh, up for grabs. Right. Yeah. Anybody can sign them, correct? Most of them. Yeah. Some guys are under. There the, are some they, guys they, they, that are under rookie contracts, yeah, yeah. But I think I've read this uh, from uh, Sonny Vaccaro. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were talking back and forth about the college rule and that whole thing. They don't want these guys under contract that early because it, the back end of those contracts is where you you know really make the big bucks. You know, and if you could spend two years not under contract in college, that's a whole lot of money off these uh, franchises on the back end. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's usually when a player declines anyway. So. They don't want to do the. They don't want to do a, a a true minor league NBA. I don't believe. Yeah, but yeah. it's gonna have to get to that. It needs to you happen. You have so many so many uh, players, man. Yeah, right. And so many talented players that aren't getting spots. I agree. Because these guys are going over and playing in Turkey. Yeah, even uh, if you had an affiliation with the European teams, you know, I'll send you over to China, China to play or whatever. Yeah. You know, do something. Quit. Relying on college basketball as your farm system. You know, they said Joe Jackson was over there balling pretty good in China. Yeah, that guy was raw, man. He was. He had so much talent. Too bad he came here. All right, right. so because uh, he didn't get coached up. Yeah. So the Buffalo Bills are on our other team, man. They were, went seven and nine, I think, or eight and eight, something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Either or, not good enough. Now, I'm gonna point this out right quick. That since Rush Ryan has been a head coach, his team has gotten worse each season as a head coach. It's interesting. So, uh, we'll see where this goes. Right. Uh, they're saying more. the more that he molds his team into his own identity, the worse they get. So, uh, they got Shaq Lawson in the draft good. I like him, yeah. They uh, they got other defensive end. Uh, I guess I didn't write him down. But they got the other defensive end out of Ohio State. Uh, and um, not the not Bosa, obviously. Yeah. But the guy that played the other side of him. So, they filled up the 3-4 defensive ends. Um, offensively, they were 12th in points. First in rushing, because uh, Carlos Williams came on the scene. I'm a really big fan of his. Because, uh, you know, they traded for LaShawn McCoy, mm-hmm. who I'm a fan of. Right. And uh, and when Carlos Williams was out there, you couldn't tell which was which. Right. Because like, one was 25, one was 29. Like, you know, it looked similar. Mm-hmm. But the the shiftiness of the way they ran and everything, it was – Very similar. It complemented each other really well because they were the same type of guy. And McCoy was banged up a lot last year. <laughs> Uh, which running backs seem to do when they get into their seventh and eighth season. But, anyways, so the defense was, let's see, fifth in points. No, 15th in points, 19th in yards. So, middle of the road. So, yeah, just average. Right. And uh, Tyrod Taylor's their quarterback. I really like Tyrod Taylor. I do too, man, but I think he's two-dimensional, man. I think he's good at throwing deep, and he's very athletic. See, I think that's all right. No, it's cool. I mean, I kind of like that. If you you can make plays with your legs – 
and you can send guys deep. But it's sort, there's a opportunity there because it's you know? sort of the same thing about Flacco, man. No, while Flacco's not as athletic as Tyrod Taylor, Tyrod Taylor nearly no, you know, but Flacco, it didn't he used to be Flacco's backup? Yep, yeah, it's crazy. But, but it's the same type of of, of player to where Flacco's big arm mm-hmm. and he's athletic for his size and everything, right? Right. Uh, Tyrod Taylor is like Michael Vick type of athletic, not as not Michael Vick, but you know that type of guy. Yeah, to where he, it's rare in the league. Like quarterback as as he's a top five percent athletic quarterback. Yeah, Yeah. and he's a good player. Mm -hmm. But I like him, man. I'm a big fan. And when you have a home run hitter like Sammy Watkins, he's hurt too, right? He's always hurt. But I feel like they turned a corner last year. I believe uh, Sammy Watkins. I can remember he kind of complained, which is very receiver like of him. But he complained that he wasn't getting the ball enough, that they decided to start throwing his way a lot more. And That's when they started losing. I feel like they started playing better. You think so? I do, man. I I clearly remember this last year being – there was a correlation between the two. You know what I mean? They started losing when they started passing more. Okay. I, mean, I know Tyrod was hurt a lot last year, too. I think that had a lot to do with them not playing Well, if your well. quarterback gets hurt, it's going to hurt you. Yeah. But Buffalo got off to that 5-2 and two start. And then you finish eight and eight, right? So if you changed it, it wasn't working, right? Uh, they play the NFC West, the AFC North. Um, they start off the season at Baltimore, as we discussed. Uh, the New York Jets at home, the Cardinals at home, at the Patriots, and then the Dodgers. I mean, the Rams. I got LA right now. Not looking good, man. No, nah, man. Uh, That's tough. You get uh, Patriots without Brady. Is that right? That's still undetermined. Okay. But as of now, there will be no Tom Brady. Which you know, that's kind of a break, man. If you can get two wins out of that, I think you're good. Playing Arizona and New England back to back—that's tough. That's two of the top four teams in the league, right? That's crazy, man. I'd be pissed off if somebody. Said <laughs> but at least you get them out the way early. Yeah. Even though you got to play the Patriots again, you kind of want like like playing them tough games early, especially the non-divisional. Mm-hmm. So you kind of get them out the way and not have to worry about them later. Um, yeah, you you want to play the Patriots very last week of the season when they're not playing anybody on their team, or early in the year before they get cooking. You yeah, because they, they kind of start slow. Yeah, you know? they, they did, did last year. Because you know, yeah, it's. I think I think Belichick does that on purpose because he's the greatest coach ever. <laughs> this is on purpose. Just trying to overcome some but, kind but of. But in that in that division, I like Buffalo last. Do you? Okay. I think they're the worst team in the division. Mm-hmm. I think them and the Dolphins are kind of the same. I do too, man. Like the Dolphins will probably be on next week. Okay. Um, kind of birds of a feather, I think, those, yeah. those two teams. And, and yeah. the Jets aren't. I think the Jets, Jets got to step on them. I think they're going to sign Fitzpatrick, and they're going to be a better team. They have to do teams. that, though. Because right now, happen, where though. it stands for their quarterback, oh, it's, they it's got ugly. Hackenberg, man. It's ugly. Yeah. yeah. Hackenberg, Geno, Geno Smith, and – I think that's it, right? They got another rookie. Yeah. I can't think of his name, but it's irrelevant. That's the Jets. I think the Jets and the Dolphins are next week. I'm not sure. Um, but they're all in that same mold with Buffalo, like same level. Right. But I do think Buffalo's the worst of the four in the in, it, in the AFC East. Um, I like them a little bit better better than the Dolphins. Not much, but just a little. Yeah. Just a tad. That's fair. Like but I said, th- these are all middle-of-the-road teams now. Yeah. So, you know. And we're all getting up. Like, the next couple weeks will be teams that – on that same page right. where it could go hit or miss, but they're all the fucking same. So, uh, I'm going to ask you this. Ben Roethlisberger. Love Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, man. He Big was saying uh, that he wants to go for two every every touchdown. I like that, man. Why he's, not? He said, we'll get half of them. We'll make yeah. up for the points. If you do it, what, 
sixty uh, percent of the time, you're winning, man. Yeah. You know, it, it works. So do it, man. I just thought it was interesting because they went for two more than anybody else in the league last year, right? And they hit it at a whatever sixty-five percent margin. It was a high percentage that they hit it at over two-thirds of their two-point conversions. Yeah, I read a big article, man. Might have been a month or two ago about how you're going to see more and more teams trend towards going for two more often because them kicks are so deep man they are deep and it's not that many yards yeah you know what i mean you should be able to get that most of the time it's just i mean you got the end zone kind of helping you out defensively you know it's kind of crammed up the field yeah but at the same time it's not that many yards man it's very close you know so i can see like uh new orleans going forward all the time or one of these type teams that throws a lot you know so but I, i thought that was interesting worth bringing up uh, he would say that too. Yeah. That's a very Ben Roethlisberger thing. And he thing probably to believes say. it. I think he does. You know, that's a, probably one of the most fucking egotistical, <laughs> self cocky. Yeah. But I like it, man. But I he, want my quarterback like that. I, ben Roethlisberger's a great quarterback. You don't want a quarterback that has a lot of doubt in their head. Yeah. You know, you want a guy who thinks they can do it all. Hey, man, you just keep him away from college parties and he's good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, keep him away from roofing. Yeah. Uh, and bathroom stalls and and uh, motorcycles. <laughs> <laughs> All right, just keep him on the field. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he should be good. All right, you came over. We watched Money in the Bank after the finals went off last night. You kind of dozed off. It was a boring pay per view. A couple good matches, right? So uh, it's it was real cool. That ladder match was awesome. It was great. Yeah, I watched AJ Styles and Cena today. Oh yeah, I watched that today. I was that was a pretty good match. The story was good. Uh, but Ambrose is the new world champ. Styles won, right? Yes. And he got jumped by the the big goofy motherfuckers, man. The club. I don't like those guys, man. They're corny, dude. They. I was expecting better. They less. Uh, they are less appealing to me each time I see them. Right. But the new day held on to their tag team titles. That was a good match. Uh, also. And Enzo and Cass didn't have to go under. Mm-hmm. And I was saying this to you that the Vaude villains. Uh, if you give them an old timey type of manager, and my boy Josh McClain uh, was saying that they need to be more. Uh, and he put quotations like Nazi-like. Mm. Like, instead of just talking, like, being their character, he said they need to be, like, smoking cigarettes and, like, drinking a beer or something. Like, right. something just villainish. Right. You know, just hating they're, on everything. Yeah, they're not very villainous. Yeah. Yeah, they don't even cheat enough. No, they don't. Yeah, so, like, just be more underhanded. But WWE needs a team like this that kind of gets beat most of the time, but people like to see them lose. Yeah. So, I mean, I can see where they have a see, good place. See, I think WWE's trying to bury them already. I yeah, don't, I, don't, I don't like it, man. I don't, I don't think Vince probably likes the gimmicks. Uh, I, I, I like the gimmick. But if you gave them a manager that spoke for them all the time. I thought that was a great idea. Yeah, yeah. I think I think they'd really get over and get a lot Who's of Who's a good good manager for them? Now? Yeah. There's not any, man. I know. Like, you're going to have to go pluck somebody. Like, go get Jimmy Hart. Yeah, <laughs> <or somebody laughs> Tom Bruno, man. You know? <laughs> Mama says it bees that way sometimes. See, <laughs> um, but go get somebody. I mean, yeah, they need a mouthpiece, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, right. you know. Uh, I don't know how vaud I can be, but uh, you got to cover those tattoos, man. You got to look real <laughs> stiff and corny. <laughs> yeah, my bad. I can't do it. Uh, but I'm not a big freaking club fan. I'm throwing that out there now while they're still. And AJ Styles sizzle. is so good, man. Like, like yeah. the match between him and Cena, you could tell it was Cena. Putting Styles over, but putting Styles over, it was showing how like Cena was swinging and missing, and Styles would do something quick and amazing, right? And hit him with some, and it, it was a good match, really good match. 
Um, Styles can do some stuff I, I no one else can do. Yeah, you know? he's amazing, man. He really is. Um, but it's like it all gets lost because look, I honestly feel like if WWE didn't make you, mm-hmm. they're not going to push you to the top. Yeah, right. That's been a, a reoccurring thing. And um, he was made somewhere else, mm-hmm. and he's well known before he got here. Right. And he's as over as anybody else they got. Yeah. And I think it drives them crazy. Like uh, you know, I've always been told that if Vince don't like it. Like, not don't like it. If it wasn't his idea, he squashes it. Like, so no, you may horrible. as well just try to get him to yeah. say what you want him to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you want it to get over, man, like, but pat uh, him on the back. Good job, Vince. But I'm glad Sami Zayn didn't win the Money in the Bank. Me too, man. I can't. I don't like him. I knew Ambrose was going to win, man. It was. It was a little. Well, I bit thought it was so predictable. predictable. Yeah. But once he won, you knew he was cashing in, right? You know. Uh, but man, the the pedigree. And we're going to get out of here in a minute, but whatever. The pedigree that uh, Rollins, he caught. Like, Roman Reigns was going for the spear. Reigns, uh, Amber, uh, screw it. Reigns is going for the spear. Reigns is going for the spear on to Seth Rollins. Rollins, okay. Seth Rollins jumps in midair and catches him while he's going for the spear in the pedigree and falls down with him. Mm. And then got up and pedigree and again, beat him fair and square. Right. And I, I can't wait to watch Raw. We're going to go watch Raw here in a minute. Uh, if you're down with that, and um, I'm down, I got a text. Oh, it was me, man. No, it wasn't you. I was just letting you know you look cute. <laughs> Thank you. Why don't you uh, go throw another shout out to our sponsor, man? I will before we get out of here. 35 South Florence, uh, Side Street Grill behind the big parking garage in Overton Square. Um, Monday through Friday, four to seven is happy hour. Nice strong drinks. Tuesdays pasta night, four to nine. Wednesday, state night, 4 to 9. Brunch is 11 to 3. Now, Side Street, during only Sundays, the only day is open during the day. Mm-hmm. It opens at 4 p.m. every day. Uh, that's why the specials are guidelines at that time. Uh, so, come on down. 35 South Florence. We got some hot chicks, man. Uh, good eye candy. We got some annoying people as well. But we got some- <laughs> <laughs> Let's don't talk about that. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to. We keep them hid in the back, man. Don't worry about it. No, the, the back is actually pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's where all the talent is. Um but no, nah, man, come on down, 35 South Florence, Side Street Grill, check it out. They pay the bills, so definitely got to give them the shout-out. Uh, did you have a good Father's Day? Great Father's Day, man. I'm a lucky man. My family really treats me good, man, and I'm I'm just happy to be a dad, man. You know, mm-hmm. my daughter, man, she's growing up a little bit, and she, I think she really knows what it's all about now, and yeah, she well, made me feel special, man. Well, my daughter kept telling me, she's like, she was telling me Friday when I picked her up, she was like, I'm going to make you a present for Father's Day. I'm, I, I want to make you a present. She kept saying, if I was with my mama, we'd get you a present. But I can't go get you a present because I'm by myself. Right. You know, I just, I didn't, I wasn't worried about no present, you know. Um, but it's good that she cares enough yeah, to and she want kept, to. Yesterday I spent helping a buddy out, Justin, helping him move out in the 100 degree sun um, for five hours. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh but she kept like she had a little chalkboard. She was writing. She'd write "Happy Father's Day." You're a wonderful dad, and you're That's awesome, you're the best man. dad in the world. Like, she just kept bringing me notes, and uh, yeah, mine kept coming to me and like holding me and hugging me, yeah. and telling me Happy Father's Day. I was nice. watching. I was watching the game last night before you came over, and mm-hmm. she was like, "All right, it's Father Day snuggles." <laughs> She's like, "Now you got to come watch my show with me." I was like, "It's Game Seven, Zaya. <laughs> not going anywhere." So come on, you know it's Father's Day. You got to come in here. <laughs> but shout out to my brother Tim, who's supposed to be with us next week. 
Yeah, man. Uh, had his baby Rosie. Beautiful girl. Beautiful man. girl. Can't wait to see her again. Tim's gonna make a great dad too, man. He he's is. A, he's a great, great man. You he, know? he is, man. Yeah. You and Tim are the best people I know. Oh man, and, uh, come on. You're no, nah, man. Nah. Y'all, y'all make me look worse than I already Bird, am. But birds yeah. of a feather, man. Nah, We're all, man. We're all three class guys. Screw man. that, man. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just the talents, man. But I'd like uh, to say one more thing about Father's Day, man. Uh, people need to quit bitching about. Mother's Day get all the credit and fathers don't get any credit, man. Like it's, I don't know, man. There's something about that. Like you shouldn't want that credit. You know, you you either get it because you earned it or you don't. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, just appreciate what you got, man. Because we don't have it forever, you know. And you know, I'm just thankful to be a dad, man, and a husband, and 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 a friend. Well, you know, I try to tell my daughter that Father's Day wasn't important. Right. And because uh, it's not important, I've never been a guy that like birthdays are important or anything like that. And it's just it's just another day. I was just you know telling her that her how proud she makes me is the best gift she could give me. Right. right? Uh, and here's what I mean by not important. All right. Because two in accord, like I say, fathers don't get Father's Day doesn't get the no, the notification that Mother's no, Day does. It doesn't. And because when Mother's Day came up, it was supposed because Mother's back in back in the day, well before our time, like our grandmother's time and before that, it was they did cooking and cleaning and all right. the time. It was a day designated to give them the day off. Mm-hmm. So like the husband would clean and the the kids would cook and all that stuff. Right. Uh, for the mother and it's well deserved, right? It still and, is. Yeah. And yeah, uh, for it, me anyway, even though you know mothers nowadays are more nine to five workers as well and yeah it's partnership yeah most and, of the uh, time yeah and that's just evolution of of mankind right it's yeah how times that's just the gone. man the man has us all working and slaving <laughs> <laughs> but you know uh because it annoys me that like on father's day where single mothers won't credit for being mother and father give us our damn day man <laughs> you know you can't have two mother's day man you know um i just there's certain like it's a great day to honor the fathers. Like it is, and man. just because you have kids doesn't mean you get recognition on Father's Day. Right. Posting pictures on Facebook doesn't make you a great father. Yeah, I love that quote you had of Paul, Paul yeah. Brantley, mm-hmm. a guy we work with at Hard Rock, really mm-hmm. good man. Also, yeah, man, it, you can go ahead and say it he's, if a you guy, want to. he's a God loving man, great family man. But because mm-hmm. he, he, he told me this when, because uh, my kid was born in Ju- in July. Mm-hmm. Okay, mine also. So when Father's Day came. Uh, he was telling me Happy Father's Day. I'm like, I'm not a father yet. Mm-hmm. He's, and he was telling me the moment that the child becomes the top priority, at that point you're the father. Right. You know, and you know that was the case for me, mm-hmm. right? As it was for yourself, you know, and, right. and other dads or other great dads. But there's some dads whose kids are 14, and they still like uh don't even know what school they go to. You know yeah, what I mean? right. Or whatever, you know. And I'm not. I don't have anyone in particular there's people that are going to take a fit may take offense to that like you're talking about me if you mm-hmm. feel that way then you just need to step your ass up i'm not talking that's about- how i feel about the people who like oh no one makes a big deal about you know yeah. my family makes a big deal for me and uh hopefully it's, it's because i deserve it right and i really appreciate it you know and uh quit your belly aching man yeah you know just what i mean over it, man. yeah just be a dad last man. year uh before we get out of here last year uh, I was working two jobs, working at Hard Rock Cafe. Right. And um, coming up to Mother's Day, they were doing a whole bunch of promotional. They were showing all the mothers in Hard Rock. Mm-hmm. And this is our mother for Tuesday. This is our mother for Wednesday. And come on down, whatever special they had going. I don't know. I don't, I don't work Sundays. But uh, whatever special they had going on. And then coming up to Father's Day, like it wasn't a 
a recognition of a father. And I just pointed it out, not to harp on them. Right. But that's just the look from everybody of, you know, Mother's Day does get all the attention. And, and mothers get more shout outs by sports players. I love my right. mom. You know, dads are an afterthought. But if you have a good father, mm-hmm. then you They're need not to, an afterthought. You need it, to appreciate that. Right. Because my dad's never been an afterthought. Mm-hmm. Right. You uh, got a great dad. Yeah, yeah. I do. Uh, Mr. Dean. Yeah, he's awesome. And, you know, he set a great example for Tim and myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I had three people tell me this, and it, it made my day that I was inspiration for them being a father. So yeah. They saw how happy. Uh, Your daughter I, is. How happy she was, but also how happy she made me. Right. And how our relationship it definitely was. definitely calmed you down. <laughs> <laughs> they about, don't even know about that. We need to get out of here before it gets out of the About 10,000 percent, man. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else you want to chime in on, nah, man? Nah, man. Just a good show. Happy to be back yeah, on the show. Absolutely, man. man. All right. Well, thank you for coming. Uh, we're going to get out of here. Uh, I love my show, 35 South Florence Side Street Grill. Thank you to the OAM Network. Uh, Gil, Aaron, uh, engineering the show. Uh, God is good to me. I'm out. Peace. Peace. This podcast is a production of Ohm Audio and the Ohm Network. For more information, go to theoamnetwork.com.